He's Jimmer. He's Christian. Welcome back to Two Physical Therapists and a Bag of Chips. Actually, two bags of chips today. Today is two bags of chips. Two physical therapists and two bags of chips. One for each. Yeah, that's a good call. We're going to cover Parsonage-Turner Syndrome. Also known as Parsnip-Turnip Syndrome. And we shall review the... Ooh la la balak truffle potato chips and did the you say balak? I did. <laughs> and the Trader Joe's organic white truffle potato that, chips. I thought that was part of the like ooh la la bulak bulak truffle. Yes. So black truffle versus white truffle potato chip. Are they both the same kinds of truffle? Other than that, one is black and one is white. I don't think so. But I, I don't they're know. They're different mushrooms. I don't know. They're mushrooms, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about the truffle other than that pigs go find them. Yeah, in France. Um, maybe we need to uh, do an episode about truffles. Okay. I don't we think can that's do that a at diagnosis. A later date. Yeah. Truffle now. Parsonage Turner syndrome. This has multiple names. Not just parsnip turnip. Brachial neuritis. Acute brachial neuritis. Neurologic amyotrophy. Brachial plexus neuritis, brachial plexus neuropathy, idiopathic brachial plexus neuropathy, and PTS. Post-traumatic stress syndrome? Parsonage-Turner syndrome. Oh. But they they abbreviate it to PTS. Gotcha. You have PTS. I don't think so. No, thank God. That would, yeah. it's, a, it's probably because it's a syndrome, right? So it's just a bunch of symptoms. Yeah. And then um, if they fall in the right category... Boom, PTS. So uh, it's a peripheral nerve disorder, usually affecting the uh, shoulder, arm, and hand. It's generally uh, high pain followed by weakness and muscle wasting. There can also be some uh, pins and needles associated with this, so some neuropathy. That's why the name neuropathy shows up every once in a while with it. Typically, it's just on one side, but it can certainly also show up bilaterally, which clears things up. Yeah, I think that's pretty rare, though. Yeah. There's currently three, what they consider forms. There's hereditary neurologic amyotrophy. So this is then a genetic disorder that's passed on. Uh, it's also an autoimmune, but the most common one is the mechanical and so mechanical is when there's some sort of external stimulus and then symptoms follow that typically it's going to be post infection post trauma post operative post vaccination in some cases it can be exercise induced or even pregnancy induced wow yes you can also have what they call a multiple forms where you have a hereditary or autoimmune and mechanical or one or two or three or whatever going on at the same time. Hmm. Fascinating. The good news, it's incredibly rare. So somewhere in the neighborhood of one to three out of 100,000. Yeah, so, that's not common. So not, not common at all. Turns out we have one. We, we do. We do. It's, uh, it's more male in, typically. More Except for the ones that are caused by pregnancy. Right. That would be even rarer still then, I suppose. It tends to show up mostly in young to middle-aged adults 
but also presents in children and the elderly. So there's, it's basically everywhere. That's classic syndrome stuff. Yeah. As mentioned before, the diagnosis is often has a ruling out of other things. So you want to rule out rotator cuff injury, impingement, Guillain-Barre, cervical disc disorder, cervical radiculopathies, ALS, adhesive capsulitis, thoracic outlet syndrome, a brachial plexus injury, or any other kind of specific nerve injury. Once you've ruled those out, then you can go to an EMG study, so an electromyography study, and determine if there's denervation in affected muscles. And this can be partial or complete. Wow. After listening to you ramble off for a while there, I, I gotta say that I'm super impressed with uh, Dr. Parker for diagnosing this so quickly. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's, I mean, that is spot on. Way to go. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, we bring this up because we, well, Jimmer is currently treating a case of parsnip turnip, as, uh, as my patient refers to it. Yeah. Symptoms that kind of presented in the clinic or presented clinically in this particular case. Yes. So he had a um, shingles vaccination in his left arm and um, promptly developed within um, 48 hours severe pain. That didn't go away. And after a couple more days, he had his friend, the physician, check it out. And at that point, he was already starting to develop some atrophy in his shoulder and um, accurately was diagnosed with parsnip turnip or any other root vegetable. I think it's usually um, fixable. Yeah, so they say recovery time is several months up to three years, which is a, a pretty broad That's a long time. window. They say 80% of people recover within two years and 90% within three years. Nice. So that's not very uh, helpful. Thanks, literature, for that. Treatment-wise, early medication, specifically pain medication, because pain can be quite high in these. And then, and then that prohibits activity, mobility, which further then increases the atrophy part. And then physical therapy is, and occupational therapy are prescribed, I think, depending on the practitioner that diagnoses. But in that case, you're always looking to work on range of motion, uh, maintaining as much strength as possible, and, and hopefully preventing atrophy or improving strength would be always goals. Yeah, and i got to say, in this particular case, we struggled with mobility for a little bit, basically just because of lack of strength. But we turned a corner and strength has improved, and we've been dealing with this for almost three months now. So strength has improved, atrophy is decreasing, Pain is still very, very much present. So it, it is a very, or it can be a very painful, painful uh, diagnosis. Yeah, it's, it's super uncommon, I guess. I mean, even the rareness of it as one or three out of 100,000 seems sort of high to some extent. I don't know. It's kind of like a superclavicular um, nerve injury. We see those every now and again. That might be another fun episode. To talk about that? Yeah, with the, uh, with the winging scapula. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, I've seen a couple of those. That's more common, probably. Yeah, we'd have to look it up if it's more than three per hundred thousand. 
Yeah. It's funny, that sounds like a lot, three per hundred thousand, but it really isn't. Well, when you go to like point zero 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 three, it's But like if you look at it like like for the whole country, 300 million. Yeah. And that'd be like a thousand people, right? Yeah. If my math is correct, which it probably isn't. So don't send any requests in for me to do my math. I was just guessing. We need a calculator. I don't think our number goes that big. Maybe it does. Anyway. Yeah, it's rare. It's out there. It's definitely something that is a usually a diagnosis by default. Yeah. Yeah. And in this particular case that we're referring to, it was a, a pretty early diagnosis, which is impressive. It was, actually. yeah. Yeah, and, which is not common. And certainly earlier diagnosis is probably beneficial in terms of beginning, you know, treatment sooner rather than trying some other stuff or, or, or atrophying more than is desired. So Yeah. I would say so. You know. But that's, I mean, I don't have much else to say on that. No, I if think you, that's pretty. More, more that's pretty no, that's pretty good. Yeah. It's it's a, one of the rare things that um, you know, when you're when you're dealing as a physical therapist, if you get a, this happens quite often where we get just a bland diagnosis of shoulder pain, and so, um, you know, if if it doesn't really match with what you expect. I want to set aside some time and do a thorough assessment. And don't be afraid to, to um, call the doctor and say, listen, I'm thinking this might be something rare. Can we do an EMG or can we do uh, a different type of diagnostic assessment and see if, if we're dealing with something out of the ordinary? You know, it shouldn't be your go-to diagnosis, but I definitely think as as diagnosticians, we, we, we would run into this every now and again. So that's why we're throwing it out there. Yeah. Trivia time. I always wanted to say that. Nice. I never get to say it. Well, that, yeah. yeah. So, last week's trivia. Which two countries share the longest border? That was pretty easy. Yeah, it's Canada and the U.S. I think it was so easy people overlooked it. <laughs> they were looking for something harder. They, they were. Yeah, we, well, I mean, we had a few correct answers fairly quickly. We got one from Skylar. Uh, Kim, after a few shots, TJ and Ian combined for some uh, some brilliant entertainment, <laughs> but eventually did land on the uh, the correct answer. And uh, we're giving a shout out to Amber today because uh, she's always funny, so we appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, if we're gonna do like shout outs, uh, big congrats to uh, our good friend Robert and colleague. Yes. On the birth of his uh, little baby boy, after two girls, he uh, managed to uh, to. Um, aimed correctly and ended up with a little baby boy. So, well Robert, done, Robert Kenneth, congratulations. Welcome, welcome to uh, to this earth. Wow. Yeah, that's deep. That was impressive. Yep. So, uh, Canada and the U.S. share a uh, almost 9,000 kilometer border, which is about 550 miles. After that, you have Russia and Kazakhstan, and then Argentina and Chile. There you have it. So... This week's question. This is a good one, I think. It throws people off. Yes. And I haven't, like, quadruple checked it. So it may be wrong, but oh, God. I, think it's pretty, I think it's pretty accurate. What state in the U.S. has the longest shoreline? Shoreline, you say? Shoreline. And we're going to leave it at that. Okay. What right. state has the longest shoreline please send your correct or incorrect answers to uh where did they send them 
Instagram. Instagram. Twitter. Insta- yeah. Email. In person. Drop them off. Any way you want to do it. Write them on a piece of paper. Yep. Ship time. We are doing our truffle taste off. So we've got the Ulala black truffle and olive oil. Uh, this came in a chip tear ratio of 35%, so not uh, not very chippy. And then we have the Trader Joe's organic white truffle, which came in much more chippy at a 50% chip tear ratio. Hmm. I wonder if that's because the uh, truffles are so expensive. Were these expensive chips? Do we know? We are, we don't know. I think these were purchased by Kate. Um, I like how it says "fruit of the earth." Ooh, that's the uh, that's the potato, I believe. That's the French. Uh, the French call it "pomme de terre," which signifies apples from the earth. And this is not the potato. This is the uh, truffle. Yeah. So the ulala is uh, is a darker chip. Looks kettle cooked. Certainly has the black truffle sprinkling on top. You think that's what that is? I believe so. Okay. I think I'm going to start with ulala today. Uh, wait, that's this one. This is one. All right. It's got the double E's. I don't know if I've ever had truffles, so I don't know what I'm tasting for. I mean, the chip is a, it's a good chip. You can taste the potato. Not too salted. Definitely a nice kettle chip. Good crunch. I'm, re- I'm really not getting much. Well, again, I don't know what I'm looking for. I mean, it's a very some subtle kind of, flavor. Some kind of earthy flavor. Huh. Usually I thought truffle was... Almost a little bit mushroomy, like garlicky kind of in that in that vein, you know, not garlic hmm. specific, but kind of garlic like. Yeah, it's a good chip. I don't know about the the chip is fine. I don't know about the truffle. I'm not getting really any truffle sensation on that. It tastes kind of like a plain chip. Oh, I'm cleaning cleanse. my palate. He's cleansed. He's cleansing. All right, now we're going to the white truffle Trader Joe's. This chip is a. Uh, that's a shitty chip. It's bigger. Chip consistency okay. not nearly as good. Much more truffle no, flavor. I'm getting, definitely getting truffle. Yeah, you're right. It's almost like an earthy, garlicky flavor. It's got the got the garlicky. Too flavor. bad it's such a. This it's, is it's really thin. This is a pretty disappointing chip from Trader um, Joe's here. Now, it did say on the bag best by August 19th of 2019. I don't know if that affects the the crispiness of this chip. But it's kind of cardboardy. It's it's not crispy. It's not. It's definitely not as the chip consistency is not as good as the ooh la The flavor is much stronger. So, yeah. So so truffle wise, this is definitely a better chip. Yeah. But chip wise, it's not as good as the other one, huh? And since it's a truffle taste off, mm-hmm. what do we do? We go with the chip that's definitely more truffly. I think we just go with the chip that you like more. That you like more. Okay. Well, that's pretty easy then. Yeah. So the Ulala chip gets um, gets um, huh. gets one thumb. Giving it one thumb. Yeah. Okay. And the other one gets no thumbs. No thumbs. We'll allow it in the tr- in the taste off category. Yeah. How about you? I, I mean, I agree with the Ulala being the, the stronger chip candidate for sure. The truffles chip is fine. I, uh, the white truffle chip is fine. I don't think I would. Uh, would purchase it again? Yeah, but, well, yeah. Neither no, one really is high on the repurchase. I mean, I'd eat it if that's if it's there, I'll eat it. If I'm that's the chip. only chip there, you would you would have it, especially the ulala because the, the chip is good. It's like you said, it's almost like a kettle chip, so yeah. it's crunchy, it's, 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 it's tasty, solidly cooked it's, chip. 
It's not definitely, it's not truffly. No. If that's a word. And as, as I'm getting a little further into the Trader Joe's, it's getting stuck in my teeth, which is always the sign of a... Because it's soft. It's not quite as... No, it's not crunchy. It's not a solid, solid chip there. You so still I, think, I think you nailed your grading, though. I think it's one thumb up for Ooh La La and a very neutral presentation here for the are we gonna go Trader e, Are we going to go Ian here? Yeah. Are we going to go like a flat thumb? I mean, I th yeah, but I think we can flat thumb a, in a taste off. All right. Because... There you have it. It's uh, yeah. A single thumb for Ulala and a horizontal thumb for Trader Joe's. That's correct. So white truffle versus black truffle. I guess white truffle is stronger, I guess. It must be. <laughs> I don't know. Thank you for listening today. Next week, we're going to go over a clavicle fracture. Ooh. And we are going to review the Mr. Chips Chili, which is a Jordanian chip, compliments of Kim. So we just Kim, got those. Kim went way, way overboard here. Oh, yeah. Pretty excited. She, um, she was sailing down the Nile while she was traveling in Egypt. I don't know if she was sailing or if she was motoring. Mm. But mm -hmm. she made the captain stop so that she could jump off, run to the store, and get a bag of chips for us. It's phenomenal. May or may not be true. Great story, though. Good story. I like yeah. the story. We're, we're, it's true now. It is. Kim, thank you so. We yes. can't thank you enough for constantly, on all your travails, thinking about grabbing ships for us. From you have all, no idea how much we appreciate. Of the earth. Yeah. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. If you like today's show, please follow, review, subscribe, tell your friends. If you want more information about Parsonage Turner syndrome, follow us this week on the Instagram and Twitter. If you want to find out a little bit more information about us, go to our website reboundclinic.com. He's Jimmer and I'm Christian. Thank you for listening.